Life's a Mitch. Hey guys, welcome back. It's episode 15 of Life's a Mitch. Uh, last week spoke to Barke. She was kind enough to give us some time from London and she spoke about being originally from Zanzibar and then she was forced into a, a marriage and then forced to move to England with said husband and start a life there. And it's a story about her journey to becoming the best version of herself. And um, take a listen. She's written a book as well, so I'm sure she'd really appreciate your support. So this week, going to keep the international theme going again. So I've got another, we've got a, another international uh, guest today, lucky enough. So would you mind introducing yourself and uh, telling us a little bit about your podcast and how did it come to be, please? Yeah, first of all, thank you. I'm excited to be a guest. Every, anytime I get to be a guest on someone's podcast, it's, it's basically almost the reason I started the podcast. But hello to your listeners. Um, my name is Bianca Woolwick. I currently live in San Diego, California. I am a former marketer. Uh, pandemic took my job away and I decided to start a podcast about imposter syndrome, which is the feeling of feeling other than not being able to accept one's accomplishments. I've been doing it for a year um, and it's been a lot. Of, it's been really interesting getting to know people and their perspectives to basically humanize the feeling of not fitting in, the feeling of walking into a room and going, everyone's smarter than me. Um, and uh, it's it's been nice to unpack it because each week I ask my guests, uh, do they feel like they've got it figured out in life? Meaning like, you know, when you walk into a room, you're like, oh, that person's got it figured out. You're comparing yourselves to the Joneses and uh, their definition of imposter syndrome or how it's impacted their life. Um, and then uh, I, how they can define success because I find that those three things are deeply ingrained. I, of course, don't have a psychological ba- or psychology background. I was just a person in a corporate world, a woman in the workforce, and just really was wondering if I was the only one that felt this way all of the time okay so imposter syndrome of all things to want to sort of highlight and you know talk to people about what what made you want to delve into that like area like because well, is it like if you if you know if I was to rock up in a room full of academics and feel inadequate and feel stupid in, inside of myself is that kind of relating to what imposter syndrome yeah, can be. That's that's, it. that's exactly it. Okay. It's in or or say you earn something, but you go, oh, okay, well they're going to take it away, or I don't deserve it. Um, it's it's deeply rooted in anxiety, but it's not recognized as something that's in the DSMVR, which is the book of all the psychological things that um, psychiatrists and psychologists use to diagnose people with mental disorders. It's really just a human emotion. It's only gained phenomenon. It basically was coined as a term uh, in the, like the '70s, and so it's only been more recently been talked about, especially last year with people having all this time to be able to work on themselves, their mental health, or maybe they felt this way in their workplace. Um, There's been a lot more articles about it, but uh, I'd like to say that I was there first because I started the podcast on the 25th of March last year. And um, it's been interesting, but you know, it's funny that you say that, like what a weird thing to have a podcast about. It is weird, but there was nothing. I, I was looking for a podcast that could help normalize that feeling when I was a marketing director and I was feeling like, oh man, like they're going to find out that I like don't know what I'm doing, even though I, I've, I've done 10 years of working myself up to get where I was. And I absolutely deserved to have that title and I absolutely deserved to be there. Um, or, you know, with marketing a lot, you're always like basically trying to, to, to convince people that like your, their, their ad dollars are valuable. So you're like basically, you know, looking at data and skewing it in whatever way and story and then fingers crossed, like no one senses your bullshit. Yeah, it's that too, where you're like, I hope no, yeah, I, I, I don't know if like, you know, they're going to find out, but uh, it's funny that you say that like, you know, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, it, it is an interesting thing to have a podcast about, but my parents say that it sounds boring, so they've never listened to it, but I <laughs> think it's good and it's it's fun. I've interviewed um, every person from all walks of life, um, like drag performers, 
uh, one drag queen who's been on RuPaul's Drag Race. I've interviewed comedians, authors, life coaches, uh, marketers, um, moms, uh, you know, just people who I've, I, I basically, my philosophy is no one's boring. It's just how you spin your story and everyone has a story to tell. So I don't discriminate on um, guests, but I'm also a military spouse. I'm getting ready to move O'Connor to Hawaii. My husband's deployed. So right now I'm strapped for interview time as I'm getting ready to wind that down. Um, but I encourage any of your listeners who have felt this way or um, feel this way currently to either listen to it or reach out to me for an interview and I will take your interview starting in September. Yeah, nice. I'll definitely put your details underneath as well. So that's yeah. interesting. You know, it's similar for me. Like, as you know, I'm new and inspiring at this. And um, the idea, you know, this is predicated on trying to get people on to share their their interesting stories. Like last week, Bake, um, come on. She was, as I said, from London. She was from Zanzibar and she had an arranged marriage, had forced to move to London over a decade of just a crappiest the crappiest marriage treated like absolute mm-hmm. garbage and yeah now she's a motivational speaker worldwide and you know she had this story of just becoming the best version of herself so that you know it's cool like to to be able to collaborate with people like her and yourself and some of the other guys i've spoken to so thanks for your time like that's the the biggest like thank you i could give um yeah and um, yeah yeah Absolutely. I, I appreciate it. And I appreciate being on, um, on a podcast because, or on your podcast, as you're starting out, um, first of all, you sound like a natural, so don't even worry about it. Oh, and, uh, and <laughs> but, but that's the thing. It's like, it's like, it's not just one thing to want to start a podcast. You have to have a reason behind it. And I think you, you wanting to have conversations with people throughout the world, you know, I think sharing interesting stories or just learning uh, about people that you would have another, never otherwise met. Like it took a pandemic for a lot of people to be creative and create content. So the fact that you're creating content, good on you. It's, it's, it's very hard to like get your, get out of your own way sometimes to just press that upload button. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, if my, I always say, if my podcast help, helps one person, then I've done my job. And uh, so, you know, if your listeners can resonate with what you're doing or, or get to know or hear that story, maybe they're in a terrible marriage, then, then, you know, you've done your job too. So that's why I think podcasting is so important. I, I mean, I've been a longtime listener of podcasts and um, it's, it's really something I've always wanted to do. So I'm glad I'm doing it. Yeah. Good on you. So like, where did it all begin with you? What was one of the first ones you, um, you strapped yourself into and got involved with? One of mine is um, Fat Man Beyond, Kevin Smith, um, the director. He's He's been podcasting for a long time. I'm a fan of pop culture. So he does mm-hmm. one with a TV writer named Mark and they do Fat Man Beyond. They talk all things nerdy. Okay. I mean, huge nerd. And um, I've been listening to that for years. But what, where did it all start for you? Like what got you involved yeah. in podcasting? So I, I, you, podcasting for me was something that I – I was fair weather. I used to listen to it in my, on my commutes, but my commute wasn't that long when I lived in Denver. Um, when I go to work, I worked like a mile away. So like, I didn't really listen to podcasts. Then I listened to the morning radio cause I was friends with my morning radio DJ, Deanna. And, uh, she, she was just so interesting. And then podcasting to me was like just basically a morning show, but recorded and I could listen to it whenever I wanted. I was, I was super into the bachelor and the bachelor franchise, um, in my early twenties or mid twenties. And I still watch it. If my friend Ryan listens to this, she's going to be like, bitch, you watch that with me every Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love reality TV and pop culture similar to yourself. So I would start finding podcasts that like spoke to me. And um, one of the ones that really 
did it for me a lot was, uh, why won't you date me with Nicole Byer? Um, Nicole Byer is a funny, funny, funny woman and also an actress and comedian. And she has about a thousand podcasts. She has one podcast where herself and Lauren Lapkus, another, another comedian, they watch star Wars for the first time and like give their commentary on it. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, she's got another one with her best friend, Sashir Zamata, who was on Saturday night live called best friends. She has, uh, and then Conan just picked up her podcast, but I've been listening to that podcast since 2004, whenever it just, whenever it started, I think it started coming out in like 2016, but I've been listening to it since it came out. And, um, and even after I met my husband, got married, I still listen to it because it's relatable, um, especially in the swipe dat date dating age. And also I have friends who are still single. I mean, I'm, I'm 30, I'm gonna be 32 this year. And so, is that I, same, so yeah. I. I'm 32 in December. Oh, nice. Oh, I'm June. I'm a June baby. Do you, what, what, what day? December 8th. December. Oh, no way. We are six months apart, almost to the T one day, uh, there you go. December 9th or sorry, June 9th is me. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that got me into it. And then I, oh, like I have, a, I always had a lot to say, like, Oh, I have so much to say. And I used to be a you know, tweet, tweet, tweet. And I was always like, man, I would just really want, I hope someone like puts me on a podcast and, um, never happened of course, because you, you have to kind of be in the podcast world to be on a podcast or be someone. And I was just like a marketer desk jockey at my desk. Um, so, uh, then my boss at my previous position, he wanted to start a podcast and, uh, he was like, do you know how to make a podcast? I was like, I don't know, but I can figure it out. Cause that's what you do when you're a marketing director, you just figure it out, especially when I have a team of one. So, uh, we ended up, uh, doing a podcast for him. It, I have more listeners than him by far. And, uh, so I knew how to <laughs> produce brag. it. Well, <laughs> I don't think anyone ever listened to it, to be honest with you. Sorry. Sorry, man. But, mm -mm. but regardless, he, he, he watched Joe Rogan, who to me is annoying and, um, and I, I whatever, I'm, I'm not going to come for Joe Rogan in, on your podcast, but, but I, I just, I feel like if you're a basic dad, like he was like, you listen to Joe Rogan and like, that's like the whole thing and you love it. And yay. And Gary V like Joe Rogan and Gary V. So he wanted to be like that, except for he was neither of those personalities and um, a great guy, very charismatic and, and caring at the time before I got laid off in the last year of this world, <laughs> I, I had a lot higher opinion. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I started, I started podcasting um, in March of last year. So I got laid off, uh, I want to say I got laid off on the 16th of March, but my boss let me keep my, keep, keep, he kept paying me and let me like job search, but it was a pandemic. So of course that didn't work. Uh, and then I was paid through like the 5th of, um, April. And then I started unemployment. So I launched the podcast right then and there. And at first I, I, I wanted to just interview my friends because I was like, oh gosh, like I'm no one, there's no legs behind it, you know, yet. And that's how, and I've, started. That, that's how yeah. I've sort of started out and getting some traction yeah, you, now of it. Yeah. Yeah. We have to start by, you start by asking your friends, if you're a hobby podcaster like myself or yourself, you start by asking your friends and then eventually it picks up steam to the point where it, people start coming in to you and, and fielding requests. So I interviewed like a great example is I interviewed this guy, John Zyker. He's a creative director or um, a creative director for uh, movie sets and TV sets and, and reality TV, whatnot. So he just most recently did the Golden Globes. He's a great guy, friend of mine. And he had a friend, Carl Dunn, who used to be my sister's boss, which is crazy. Um, but he emailed me out of the blue and was like, hey, I wrote this book called My Gay Divorce. He's also Australian. He lives in Berlin. I saw I, my friend John was on your podcast. I'd like to be on your podcast. I'd like to talk about 
this, that, and the other, but it all pertains to the topic at hand. I'm like, awesome. So then I was like, this is kind of picking up steam. And it got to the point where I felt like my podcast was good enough that I could ask people to be on it. And then like, wouldn't be, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if they're like, no, I'm not interesting. And you got to the point where I wasn't chasing people anymore. It's like, if you're not, if you don't fill out your document, if you don't, if you don't hit me up past the point, if I send you my Calendly link and you never book it, then like, I'm not going to chase you because I've got, you know, 10 other people who are vying for a seat at the table um, who would be more than willing to be dealing with my boundaries, and my barriers. Yeah. So, so you'll get there. It'll get to that point. And we both use matchmaker.fm, which is how you found me. Um, and uh, that's a really great service for your listeners. If they're not familiar with it, um, it's free. It's free to start a profile. And if you want to be on a podcast, it is the best way to do so. Uh, or if you want to find a podcast to listen to, it, it can they, they basically you can find it by topic so it's pretty cool mm, there's a I, I have been hit up by a couple and straight after this i'm interviewing a, a an author from i think it's uh, london ontario so it should be interesting um seems like a very interesting story that she wants to tell so that's next so try i'm, I'm getting some interest a little bit here and there look at you go oh stop it stop it eventually okay but like eventually you'll introduce yourself and people are gonna go what do you do and i i say content creator Cause if I say podcaster, they're like, Oh, it's like being a vegan. They'll tell you within five <laughs> minutes of like about being, but, but really like I do tell people I'm a podcast host. I don't say, I say former digital marketer turned content creator um, for the most part. And like, it took me a whole year to feel, um, to feel uh, comfortable enough to have a website. Um, and I use anchor.fm and anchor.fm makes it so easy to um, monetize as well. You don't have to have a minimum listenership. I'm basically telling your your, your listeners how to start their own podcast right now. But good, really, re- there's no manual. Like I asked a friend who had a podcast, how what do you think I should do? What do I need to do? How do I record it? Because I'm not I'm tech savvy, but I'm not really. I have a Mac and I can clip it. But like I if it comes to audio engineering, like I don't do anything. I just kind of upload it. And maybe I clip a little bit in the beginning. Or if something, something, if they email me and say something's wrong, I find that part and I just clip it to where it can sound good. I'm not great at it, but you can you can't tell really. Um, but very rarely does that happen. And so uh, so I started on anchor.fm and then it syndicated it everywhere. And then I just made a website, my lovely friend, Lara, who's guest number two on my podcast. I am, she's my freelancer, whatever company I go to, I always hire her for freelance creative and graphics and also, um, website design. She's amazing. And she made me merch as well, which is like, I'm very much, you know, you and I are both gonna be 32. We're very much children of the nineties. Um, we grew up in the nineties. So like Nickelodeon, and, um, you know, Nick, like just the, the colors, the brightness of Lisa Frank, like the N64 controllers, like the food that we ate, all of that um, is in my logo. And so I now have merch, like she put it on a fanny pack, she's putting it on a denim jacket and people are buying it. It's nuts. I'm like, I didn't think anyone, I didn't think anyone would, one, listen to a podcast about imposter syndrome, which is imposter syndrome right then and there. Two, would buy my merch or three would be like subscribing to my, or want to be, or want me on their podcast for, for, for F's sake. I guess that'd be quite humbling. And like, I'm just, you just took me back to the nineties, like just mm-hmm. thinking back to all those snacks. So we'd have down here, we'd have Smith's chips. Like it was like every flavor of chips you could have. Yeah. Twisties. I mean, we had, we used to have those Tarzo things like and pogs and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, and we, we had a morning show that used to play like anime, like Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z. Oh Yeah. 
Yeah. And, um, oh, you just took me right back. Straight. Yeah, no, I, 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 we could talk. I mean, you like pulp culture and, you, and, you're, and you're a nerd. I'm a nerd in a different way. I'm a nerd in terms of RuPaul's Drag Race. I love, I love drag queens and everything there is about drag culture. And I'm very much a strong LGBTQIA plus ally. Um, at the time of recording this, this is uh, at least in the United States, because I'm a day behind you, it is uh, Trans Day of Visibility. So um, uh, one thing I love about my podcast is that I've been able to give voices to um, people transitioning, people struggling with their gender. And uh, I'm an inclusive podcast. If you are easily offended or you're a racist or a homophobe, don't listen to my shit because I don't need you. Um, and uh, I really just want to normalize the feeling of fitting in. It's it's cool to not fit in. Um, so I'm a, I'm a Disney nerd. Uh, I'm very much a geek for social injustices and social justice. And yeah, so, but, but mostly more than anything in terms of pop culture, I'm a trash panda and I love reality television. We have a show called 90 Day Fiance that I'm obsessed with. <laughs> it's just it's fantastic. A, it's such a garbage. Show. Oh, it's so garbage. It's so garbage, but it's good. My husband's currently deployed. And so like, he's not a huge fan of it. So I, I get to watch my trash all of the time without him saying anything. It's so great. Um, and uh, I've mentioned I'm also a military spouse, so I'm very much um, pro military spouses, you know, getting getting the pay that they deserve. And, and we, military spouses can oftentimes be seen as impermanent in the workforce because we, tra we transition out of duty stations every two to sometimes seven years, depending on the branch. Um, so I'm very much a person that like cares about the veterans and our veteran community and also yep. military spouses. Um, and yeah, I mean, oh, and I have a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, so I'm obsessed with him. That's, I can't tell. <laughs> no, I've seen him walk around the corner. All right. yeah. Well, like, we'll talk about, you know, like being a military spouse in a moment if you want to. Yeah. But uh, one one thing I like to talk to about, if, I've, if I come across a fellow nerd, you know, then that means straight up that you're a fan of some form of storytelling. So my mm -hmm. question to you is, what was your first ever fandom? Like, cast your mind back. Was it a cartoon, a book, mm -hmm. a game? Mine was a, an 80s um, anime called Techno Man, and there was a morning TV show that played here called Cheese TV. And, um, you know, we start school, and then or just before we'd start school, we get invested. And I always, when I bought video games, I never played them to play multiplayer. I always bought them for the storyline. So mm -hmm. I've always loved getting involved and getting invested in characters. So for me, it was Techno Man and Dragon Ball Z. Where did yours begin? That is a good question because I, I we didn't I didn't grow up with cable television in the United States. You have to have cable television, and I don't know if it's the same down there, but you have to have cable television and um, in order yeah. to watch like Nickelodeon or Disney in the, or in whatever. In the nineties, we sort of suddenly got like five channels. Yeah, and two yeah. of those were public broadcasting ones. So, so I. I think it might have been Power Rangers because like it yes. was like insanity and we were on the playground doing like roundhouse kicks and like I always wanted to be the yellow ranger because yellow was my favorite color. Um, now now we realize how racist <laughs> Power Rangers yeah. was. But at the same time, <laughs> I never thought I mean, about that. But yes, it, yeah. she was an Asian, young Asian girl, wasn't she? In the first yeah, and she got killed in a car accident. Yeah. No, like in real life, she actually died in a car accident. See, this is the thing is like, you remember your fandoms. Uh, and then I think, it, and then of course, ever, ever the little girl, teen girl, like going through puberty, it was boy bands. Oh my God. Like the Hansons or someone like that? Or? Well, my sister was obsessed with Hanson because my sister was four years older than me. And um, I looked like a missing member of Hanson for like <laughs> a year of my life, but like not on purpose. Um, because like we all dressed 
really stupid. Like I look at our trends and like the fashion trends that are coming back because I'm on TikTok and I watch Gen Z and I'm like, whoa. The daggy like, denim, should, the daggy denim and the, the colorful yeah. long sleeve shirts. Yep. Yeah. So if they if they bring back uh if they bring back the OO stuff with like the low riding hip jeans and the Von Dutch and the Ed Hardy, I I will eat myself into the sun. Um because I don't want to relive that again. But yeah, so I, I was really into um, NSYNC, but my parents bought me a Backstreet Boys CD. So I never had an NSYNC CD until like two albums later. And I was obsessed with Lance Bass. And of course, Lance Bass is the only man that would never want me. And so that, well, that he, we didn't know that at the time. I mean, he came out, he came out as, uh, as gay far later. And then it made sense. I was like, oh, like, most of my friends are gay men or queer women. So I'm like, hmm, that makes a lot of sense that that would have been my favorite one. It was like my spidey senses. Uh, cool. So I loved NSYNC. I never got to go to a concert. I really wanted to love Britney Spears. Um, just, I remember that being kind of like my huge, huge fandoms. And then I was a big nerd in high school and middle school and I played Neopets like crazy. Yeah, I had a Digimon in high school. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I had, well, but like Neopets was like a website where you could like raise your virtual pet. I don't so it's, it's kind of like a Digimon is the same kind just of, a little handheld thingy. Kind of, but like jankier because we didn't have broadband at the time. It was like dial up. So it's like, oh, Rrr. that sound is yeah. just like nails on a chalk. <laughs> Kids of today do not know how They'll never hard know. it was. Kids of today will never know that the pound sign on the phone is not a hashtag. <laughs> like, I am. Um, yeah. I, I just, so I'm going to get my awkward Australian. So I grew up in a little Australian community mm-hmm. on these, just north of Brisbane. And I always hear, oh, Mitch, get off the phone, dickhead. I need to make a call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, so I have, uh, I grew up, like I was born in Rochester, Minnesota, and then I moved to Colorado when I was 10. But where I lived in Minnesota, um, like either people would come on ins- on assignment, either from, uh, from, to go work at IBM campus. Cause at the time there was a huge IBM campus there. I don't know if there still is. My dad worked at IBM. And so uh, there was that. And then I, the Mayo clinic was where I lived. And so people would come for their residencies. And so my mom became friends at Storytime library with a uh, uh, Australian woman, Leonie. And she had two kids. And I think she had a third while we were there. And I grew up like like making muffins with her and like hanging out with Lockie and Lachlan and James and then the third kid. And so I, I, I like my frame of reference of Australia was just that they lived in Victoria and um, I didn't know anything else about Australia other than that, that they lived in Victoria. And then like one day they weren't there anymore. And so I've never been, you know, more I've never than, been you know more than a lot of yeah. uh, people I've come across. Well, so. Yeah. And I also watched summer Heights high, like in high school, I was obsessed with summer Heights high. Uh, Jonah, Jonah, go oh, puck off the, <laughs> Meese <laughs> oh, and like Jamae. <laughs> hi, my name's Jamae and Miss Mr. G. My name is Mr. Mr. G. G is a mood. Three okay, challenge, so one, one, two, three. Yes. Singing so one time, yep, yeah. <laughs> so one time, my aunt. Okay, this will this will only make sense to your listeners if they if they're familiar with Summer Heights High. And, and I'm assuming a lot of your listeners are from Australia, so of course they're nodding their heads and like, yes, Chris, we we know it. It didn't translate well here, but I thought it was fucking hilarious. But Mr. G, one time, you know, like that part where he's like in the pink thing and he's like, he's like a star in the middle. He's like, I just like to give them like a little bit of rich enrichment. And they're going around story circle. And it's like, uh, you know, slap the butcher. 
So I don't know. I love Mr. G, but, um, my aunt sent me a dress, like a pink dress. And it looked like Mr. G in the star doing the interpretive dance in the middle of the oh, circle. Awesome. And I've, tw- and I had Twitter at the time and I tweeted it and I was like, who wore it better? <laughs> did you send it to Chris himself? Oh, I don't think I did. I, 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 I might've. Well, back then he's been, he's been in a bit of hot water since then, but around yeah. that time he was very responsive to, cause he was, he was very surprised. Like he was very humbled. He had another show called, um, was it bra boys or something like that? Bra- and he, he, once again, he took on the, the persona of a few different characters, not as good, mm-hmm. but I've seen, I've seen everything he's done except yeah. for the one where it's like, they are the superheroes or it's like a game show or something. I haven't seen that one. Um, but, but yeah, no, my, my husband can't stand Chrisley. So like, we don't, that we're, he doesn't like the humor doesn't some, for some reason, like he's, he understands British humor, but like when it comes to like Australia, which is like more like I'm a potty mouth, you guys are more my speed. Like the, the things that you find funny, like just yeah, that's more is. my speed. We tell, like, yeah. like I am, um, I was speaking to a, a guest from, uh, from Wales, and I kept. I, I use self-deprecation as you know, I means to entertain. She's like, "Why are you so hard on yourself?" I'm like, "It's not even an issue. Like, I still think I'm a boss. Have a go at me." And she laughed. But like, you know, yeah. if I call myself a dickhead, it's not a bad thing. It's just, yeah, you know, it's kind I, of whatever. Yeah. I just had this conversation with uh this one of my guests that I don't know when it'll release, but one of my guests, Anthony Jenna, who is from Brisbane. And he uh, he and I were talking about, cause he's a comedian and he's traveled and toured. And he, so he, we're, we're talking about like um, how, when you don't like you, you using humor at yourself, at yourself and at your own expense. And I do this too. Like I'll make fun of me and I'll self-deprecate. I'll shit on myself just so that like no one else will like, make fun of yeah, me. No one can get and you know to, what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, it's like, a, it's like a defense mechanism. Cause I'm like, I don't want, you to tell me that you don't like me so i will be funny so that then we're laughing and now you want to be my friend and like we're and we both said basically the same thing and 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 like people will say to me like what you're so hard on yourself you're so it's like i'm not hard on myself i'm just like i have to i haven't I have to sit with myself all day, every day in a pandemic with my husband gone. Like some days I just don't like me that much. And I'd rather just like be mean to myself. <laughs> like, but I do, you know, I'm working on it. I, I try to be better about it. I try to be conscious of it, but, but yeah, like, you know, I call myself stupid. Like if I say something stupid on my podcast, I'm like, oh, well, don't quote me on that. Like, don't come for me to my listeners. Don't come for me. I went to Sylvan Learning Center. And what I mean by <laughs> that is I wasn't good at math and my parents enrolled me into like a tutoring program and it's called Sylvan. It was like this huge conglomerate like franchise because I, not that I was stupid, but because I moved school systems and like every state in the United States is allowed to govern themselves differently, but they all have to like recognize the constitution and the federal laws, but you can like, there's gray areas based on like, so like it's federally illegal to have to to have marijuana in your possession however states have said it's legal here it's legal here like we've passed a law we've made it safe we're going underneath your new standards so that's just an example or so like that's why the pandemic in america has been so hard because each state is following different guidelines you've got florida who literally couldn't give a fuck and is like the pandemic's over no one's masked up you know what even though like most people are old and 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 move down here from New York to retire, let's just kill them all by being like crazy and spreading COVID like crazy. Me. Okay. And then you've got, you know, other states that are so tight lipped and like won't go anywhere or do anything. So 
it's been interesting, um, but that's kind of this, the way our the, uh, the United States works. It's just like everything's governed differently. So, oh, that's the way things. That's the way. I'm not going to comment because or, or, I don't know much about it. I know a friend of mine. She's a she's from uh, Cali, and she's in the last few months has had two trips down to Mexico. So I found that incredible. Mm. I found that it's like you're allowed mm-hmm. to do that. She's like, yeah, no. Well, uh, here, here's the thing with that and and that's then more power to her all power to her um so i will say that we were at a 99 percent infection rate um los angeles was at 99 we were at a 98 in i'm in san diego county which is like right by the border of of mexico um and so on the other side of the border is tijuana so i um i've been sitting in my house pretty much I get everything delivered to me. I am half vaccinated. I will have my second Moderna dose on Tuesday. Uh, I have found I'm an asshole and found a loophole because uh, I have to travel and I don't feel comfortable without having my vaccine. Um, And uh, it's all good, but um, we're now at a point where it's almost everyone can get the vaccine now. So we're barely barely scratching the surface in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's just the way they're doing it is ridiculous. And it sounds like no one's got it down. Um, So so I live in San Diego County. Um, and, uh, I like the, the, it's been so hard on small businesses, opening, reopening, trying to pivot to like, keep, keep afloat. Um, restaurants were like, okay, well now you can dine indoors. Oh, just kidding. Now you can't. Uh, oh, you can dine outdoors. Okay. Just kidding. Now you can't. Oh, you can have shows. Oh, just kidding. Like no one's allowed to sing Christmas carols. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, it's fine. She can, she's totally like, she can travel and that's totally okay. Um, but, uh, it's, there's a lot of judgment that comes from uh, understandably, you know what I mean? Like if you're just flaunting it. Um, and then of course, then I've got friends in Australia who are like, cause you guys are so strict on your intake of people that it's very difficult to get flights and all of that from my understanding. Cause Anthony had mentioned it to me. Um, so that's how I know. And, so then you're, they're sending me like videos of them at music festivals. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't even like, I'm scared to leave my house. Like if it can get delivered to me, like groceries, booze, you know, takeout, everything. Um, but I felt a lot more comfortable with after my first vaccine dose, I feel a little more, I know I'm not safer and I'm not using my vaccine as a reason to go do more things. It's just the infection rate is now 22%. So that means that it's fallen since December. Um, and since our second lockdown with the, with the vaccines rolling forward, we should see less and less infection, but it's going to be like, like we get the flu vaccine every year. It's just going to be like one of those things where you're probably just going to have to continually get a COVID vaccine, um, yeah. as, as the strains and mutates. Have you had any, like, have you had any like side effects from your first, um, in the, uh, dose of it yet or not? It was weird. So the first dose I had, I got, um, I got it on February 20th no March no March 16th so the day before St. Patrick's Day so I got it on March 16th and my second dose is on April 6th so the first dose uh they say if you have a reaction to it it's because you've either been in contact with the disease or you've like have antibodies in some way shape or form is what they've said I mean of course don't quote me on that I went to Sylvan but that's what the hearsay says um so my arm really hurt yeah, my arm really hurt. Um, it was very much in pain. And then a week later, I noticed that I had a rash. I was very, very tired. The first day I was I was tired and I felt like this one time I'd been sick 
at the beginning of the previous year of 2020. And I was like, man, this is like deja vu. I've felt this before. Like, this is weird. And then the next day I was tired and then I took a nap and I woke up and I was fine. And then a week later, I noticed I had a rash the size of a Band-Aid, but I took the, I I mean, obviously I took the Band-Aid off like when I got home because it's just a tiny injection. And my muscle was sore, I would say for like four days. Um, I have a friend who just got her second dose of Pfizer and she's being a a whiny baby, Alice, and you're being a whiny baby. She's like, this is so awful. You should, you should have someone there with you for your second dose. Like you need, and I, and I'm like, "Eh," like I, I'm going to be fine because I have a, a lot of friends in medical and they say the key is you drink lots of water. You take Tylenol, right? You take Tylenol about an hour after. Don't take it before. Um, it can it can actually affect the efficacy. Take it after. And then you just, you allow your body to kind of do what it needs to do, but you have to drink astronomical amounts of fluids because that is the only way to like get it to metabolize through your system faster. Because what's, what's happening in these reactions, and I might be wrong, but, but what, from what I've heard is these reactions are delayed and they hit you like a freight train because it took your body like so much longer to metabolize it. Oh, uh, fair enough. Yeah, so I don't really. I haven't. Our our vaccines have just sort of start. So you, we've had the the frontline workers and the medical workers going through theirs now. A friend of mine's a nurse, and he had his first dose this week. Um, and you know, also on top of that, we've only had nine hundred and something deaths. So we've we've been pretty lucky. And there's just been a up near Brisbane. Your comedian friend, um, he he might be affected by this. There's just been an outbreak up there. Oh no! So um, there's a a pretty large sized country music festival probably about an hour south of Brisbane just been canceled 15,000 people left very upset um the sporting teams having to come down to Sydney to you know replay games and stuff like but they're pretty on top of it in terms of like COVID tracing and stuff so yeah yeah well you know it's funny because it's like well, it's funny because I, I was, you know, tooting, tooting Australia's horn about like, oh yeah, they're being really strict. They're trying to figure out about what, but here's the thing. It's like, even the strictest of strict, you still have it coming and still, it can happen from you can't, anything. You, you can't help those. So it was a guy who made some very, very, very selfish actions. Like he was supposed to be in lockdown. People were over to his house and then he decided to go out and it's, I'll send you the link if you want to have a read about it, but it's just, yeah, the selfish oh, actions yeah. of one young guy and he's just, mm-hmm ruined it he just cost fifteen thousand yeah. people like yeah jobs and ugh. well this can transition really easily to the military so my husband's in the navy yep. um Let's and uh yeah he's in he's a lieutenant in the navy um he's been in for 15 years he's a mustang prior enlisted um two officer uh ocs and he's uh he's an amazing human i love him to death i miss him a lot but um the navy didn't know what to do because the teddy roosevelt was floating off of i'm not sure how you might not know much about the military, that's fine, but the Teddy Roosevelt is a carrier ship and it, and it was floating off the coast of Guam and they were on a deployment and they pulled into like the Philippines, um, Guam area and ended up getting a gigantic COVID outbreak, not knowing what it was because they were picking it up in ports because it was floating around at the, t- you know, all over these ports. People were getting sick. It was really, really bad. He asked for help. The Navy fired him. Yeah. Uh, and that was very unceremoniously bad, but whatever captain Crozier is, a, is, a, is a goddamn hero in my book. And I know he's not listening to this, but I, we have mad, mad respect for him. And if my husband and I ever see him out, out and about in San Diego post post pandemic, we will buy him a beer, probably a steak dinner, 
great, 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 great man. But my husband's on a different ship. He's on a, a different a different ship. He's on a landing helicopter deck, which has um, basically, it's like a glorified Uber for the Marines. Marines in the Navy, they work simpatico. So they Navy is the oldest branch. And then we have Marines um, who came who came later. And, uh, or maybe they're not the oldest branch, but they're one of the oldest branches. Um, in fact, I think it was like the 266th birthday last year. And now it's the 267th. But anyway, my husband's in the Navy. So my husband was gone. So like in California, I lost my job. And then I was out to brunch that Sunday. And Scott was like, babe, I think this is bad. Like, I think you probably shouldn't go out. I was like, whatever, coronavirus, whatever. Like, cause we didn't really know because we had an orange Cheeto hat man in, in office and he just <laughs> never informed us of anything. So we yeah. were completely in the dark. Um, with a gigantic baby in office. And so we didn't really know what was going on. And I'm sitting at this bar and um, everyone's phones go off in an emergency alert. And it's like, restaurants are shutting after today. Like you need to stay in your house. Like everything's shutting, everything's closing. And so I'm like, what the fuck? I, I went to the grocery store. There's no toilet paper. There's nothing, all of this. Oh, toilet paper, toilet uh, yeah. paper gate. Holy shit. Yeah. 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 And yeah. And my parents are people who only, but my parents are in their sixties who only buy one of one. And then like when that runs out, they'll buy another one. So like they, they don't shop like their Costco members, which is like a gigantic buy in bulk yeah, place here. There's a, there's one opening up down here soon, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, you, you can buy a 36 pack of toilet paper. Don't you worry. Uh, so, so, anyways, so, so he comes back, he comes back, he comes back from this underway, which you do workups to, to get ready for deployment comes back from this underway and he's back and he's like, okay, I'm gonna take 10 days off. Cause you got laid off and I haven't seen you. Like, let's hang out. And I'm like, okay, cool. And we, we started doing projects around the house, like painting the cabinets and stuff. And my husband's like, Oh, like I just got a text message. I have to go back to the ship to, like tomorrow. Like my Liberty expires tomorrow at noon. Like they just canceled my leave. Like I have to go back to the ship. He was like, they're making us stay on the ship for two weeks. And then they're, and then they're sailing us out. And he's like, I'm being involuntarily recalled. So Must I'm like, tough. okay, Must so I drop them off. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, cause when you're in the military, the military owns you, not you, you don't own you. Yeah. So I, so I dropped him off and he thankfully finished painting the cabinets. Cause I, my, my Peloton bike faces the cabinets. And I was like, I can't look at half of this done. Like it looks so trashy, like just finish painting them. Cause we painted them from white to blue and uh, it, lo- it lo- just looked awful without him. So he, so he speed painted everything and I drop him off the next day and uh, they were gone for, they were supposed to be gone seven days after they did eventually pull out and they were gone that 14 days plus another 20. And um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was insane. And then he came back, the ship got, the ship had some issues, so they didn't go out again. And then they went out again and there was a Marine accident where nine people died. Actually, more than that, because some people took water on them in their lungs, and then they ended up dying later. So that was insane and terrifying, and I will never forget those seventy-two hours for the for as long as I live. Um, I bet you wouldn't. That'd be that'd be your own personal hell. Yeah, because I didn't hear from him. Like they do this thing called River City, and I woke up. I I will never forget this. The day that it happened, I woke up. It was the. It was like I woke up like out of nowhere because i'd sent my husband an email like the night before i was like bitchy to him i was like i was like you are like i was like you have left me with all this stuff and like i'm very angry and blah 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 and then i woke up at four in the morning and i was like i should apologize for that email but i'm sure he's probably sent me an email by now and there was no email and i'm like okay there wasn't a phone call either 
I was like, that's not normal for me. Cause I hear from him quite frequently. Um, so I knew something was up. So I don't know what came over me, but I went, I opened up my Safari app on my phone and I typed in first I typed, well, usually when I do this, so I, if I wake up and I feel uneasy and because he's gone, I will type in his ship's name. So I typed in the ship's name and an article pops up and it said nine missing like this AAV, which is like a, basically it's, it's a slang term is called a water coffin. They're a refurbished machine that are supposed to be able to get off the ship float and then get go on to land so that they can go from sea to land. Yep. And so his ship ha- has those. And then on the top is the helicopters. Um, so I couldn't, I didn't hear from him for 72 hours. I, I texted my therapist. I called my mom. I had my mother-in-law. She drove down two hours and it was like, it was like, like out, like minutes were hours because I didn't know, was he involved? Did he have something to do with it? What happened? Was he on there for some reason? Um, and then he called me, uh, they, they exhumed the bodies and he called me. Um, and that's when I heard from him and I just, he just sounded devastated. Well, so and, his friends. Well, no, they weren't. <laughs> they were like 19 year old kids. But we, oh. the thing is, is that people like in, in the common misconception is that like, oh, okay. As a spouse, here's, here's shit that you never say uh, or never say it or I'll delete to you as, as a military spouse. Um, because also the Bahamar Shard lit on fire, which is another helicopter deck and it burned to the ground um, in the yards, which is when they're working on maintenance and stuff. So if you say like, oh, I'm glad it's not my husband's ship. It's like, well, it's still a loss for the Navy. Therefore, it's a loss for everybody. Yeah. Um, it's still very sad. Right. And then with this one, when people said, oh, thank God, it's not my sailor. Thank God, it's not my Marine. It's still someone's child, someone's husband, yeah. someone's someone's friend. Um, someone, you know, or, and, and it's also their, their Marine, their, like their their service member, someone that they were, you know, working with. So it's, it's definitely something that's like sad. And, um, it, it really is one of those things where like, if you didn't go through it, then you don't really know what that was like, but it's, it's the only deployment he'll ever go on. He wasn't deployed, but then he deployed shortly after it's the only deployment he's he'll ever be on. And, um, thank God, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's... thank goodness. Thank goodness. Because it was, um, I, I can't, it was, Tough. Something that should have never happened due to negligence. So. No, fair enough. And, you know, I'm very sorry to hear about that's okay. That trade. And I think one thing that humans in general, I would all, you might agree with this, you might not, I'm not sure, but you and I have the ability to take the shoes off and put someone else's mm-hmm. on and walk a mile in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Like I, th- I just think personally, if there's just a little bit more empathy in the world, a little bit more, hang on. It's like, you know, I've got a friend who's Asian and he always, rips other Asian people off. He goes, I can because I'm Asian. I'm like, no, that doesn't make it so. Like, oh why God. does that give you, like, I can't call the white people names because it doesn't make it so. Like, just that's just ignorance yeah. at the highest order, I think. And I find that the more people I speak to, like yourself, like mm-hmm. the, the world travelers, the people who connect to other mm-hmm. people around the world doing this, mm-hmm. some of the best people I've ever conversed with, like Barkey the other day, yourself, yeah. uh, Elliot from England, you know, yeah. these these stories this is why i'm doing this because i i get it yeah. i get a, a buzz and you get you know i don't I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll probably never meet any military spouses from the us in my life ever again 
But if I do, hey, you might. we might come down there, you know, maybe well, we're friends now. You and do I, it. we're friends. I'll, like, I'll, I'll, I smoke meats. I got, I'm good on the barbecue. Well, this is the thing. Most Americans, their frame of reference of the United States or sorry, Australia, like I will never. Okay. Let me backtrack it by saying like, I am patriotic to a point, but I don't claim people. I don't claim ignorance in travel. Um, I'm very much, I don't want to be seen as a tourist when I travel. Um, I've, I've studied abroad, I've traveled. So I know better than to put myself out there like a sore thumb because sometimes it can actually be to a detriment to be American. Um, so uh, I consider America like a croc sandal with socks. And like, we're like the carpenter shorts of like the world. Yeah. Um, and, cash, um, and I, I won't, I won't, I, I just like, there's just, I don't, I, I try to, um, to go to your point, try to always be empathetic and understand and walk a mile in people's shoes because, um, I, I would do the, I would want the same for me if I was to be vulnerable and share something with someone, yeah. I want that same thing. So I've always been that way. Um, a lot of it's from like childhood trauma, honestly. Um, uh, like my parents, you know, they love me in whatever way they, they could. And I did, I had a well-to-do childhood, but there's definitely things I've unpacked in therapy. Um, yeah, man, but, I, you know what, yeah. same for me. But, I, I had yeah. some stuff happen as well. I I'm relate. very, very, very empathetic in that, in that situation, because, um, you know, I, I, you're right. You don't know what other people have gone through. And also like anytime on my podcast, like anytime someone shares like some, a story with me, it's like, it's such a gift because then I now know this person and I can tell that I can repeat that story or that story can live on for them. And it's on a platform that allows other people to hear it. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, that's why I like what you're doing because you're having a, a feel good conversation. I didn't know what to expect, honestly. Neither did I. I was and just like, yeah. we'll shoot the shit. So, okay. <laughs> what, what I might do is every week yeah. or every episode, I get a segment and it's a bit of a play on words. Mm-hmm. I need a, I need a cool little intro music number for it until I get that. So I have, yeah. would you like to have a bitchy with Mitchie and what this is about? It's, we just have a good old silk. We've got a whinge about anything could be, I've had friends whinge about, you know, people not wearing shoes to the supermarket or I've had people oh. um, bring up things that are quite personal and powerful. So it can be anything you want. It can be first world. Mm-hmm. It can be, you know, a big deal. So would you like to have a bitchy with Mitchy? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's go. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. I have, a, I have a fully fenced front and backyard and I have a little dog. He's a Cavalier. You've seen him kind of on the screen. Um, I will let him out and he will, I like just sit there and just, you know, have like a butterfly and like fly around, not get down to business. And then I'll think that he did like, I'll be like, Oh, did he probably, did he, did, did we have a number two? Like, let's just, and then he'll come immediately back inside and either poop in three or three or four different places. (laughs) And it's, it drives me insane. It's a little dog thing. So I have to say a little bit of a fuck you to my dog. Cheeky little bastard. <laughs> but but at the same time, like it's it's endearing because I don't want children. And so and that's and that will lead me to another thing. Why is it that when I say I don't want to have children because one, I like money, and two, like I myself am like a kid at heart, like I I don't know. I just it's not for my husband and I. We don't want it. We like kids just fine. It's just like I like to give them back. Um, it's just I'm, not for me. I'm an uncle of 13, I can relate to that hundred percent. Yes, I have, I have two nephews. So, um, and I love them to death. Like, um, but I'm spending a night there this Easter weekend and then I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> like I spoil them and then they get annoying and then I go. Load um, them up with sugar. See ya. 
Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, but here's the thing as like a woman. So like the, the questions that happen, like the societal questions, like, Oh, like if you're dating someone, Oh, like when are you getting married? And then when you get married, Oh, when are you having children? Like that's acceptable. And then like people will dig. So if I tell you, I don't want children, people then want to know why. Um, and it's You'll like, watch, it's not, it's want, not exactly. You it's you not your watch. business. What if I was infertile? What if I had been trying and just had a miscarriage? What if I um, has I already have children and I gave them up for adoption? Then you'll never know about it. You don't know this reasoning, and so it's it's impolite to ask. And but people do it. They do it, and it's annoying. And it's like all, especially in the spousal community, like me being a spouse and not wanting kids. Like I'm other than me being a career person and, and not wanting kids, I'm other than, which is bizarre because it's like the, the typical spouse thing is like you get married and then you have kids and then like, but, I, but, it, but there's so many of us that don't, but yet like I'm the weird one because I don't want them. But I, when I say I genuinely don't want them, it doesn't mean I hate children. It doesn't mean that I'm a kid hater, like mad about like people who are quote unquote breeders. It just means that it's just not for me. And like, it's in a, in a story, like cut it out. I think, I think, it takes see i don't know i'm undecided on kids like obviously i'm single so i don't get to say it at the moment but um the whole kid thing i'm undecided because at the time in my when i was dating someone in my late 20s i knew mm -hmm. i was too selfish um i was mm -hmm. into going mm -hmm. out to the pub i was into traveling i was into having fun like you know as you said i'm a, I'm a big kid too and to those people that are ostracizing and you know making yeah. you feel like a pariah i say this fuck you <laughs> I look, I look at people, I look at people like a kind of like a, an iceberg. See yes. on the surf, on the surface, you got the water level on the surface. You can see 5% of what it truly is, but underneath, you don't know, you know, if they're, you know, I, I have a friend who buried his mum uh, at the start of last year mm. and his friend told him, oh man, you know, you should bring your smile back. He's like, fuck you. How dare you tell me to smile? Yeah. I mean, if like you were a good the, friend, you'd know. Yeah. If that goes back to like the whole thing of like, you don't know what anyone's doing. And I just, I don't, I like, I don't set new year's resolutions. I set intentions. Like I always intend to be a good person and like, Oh wow. It's not that hard to be a good person. So I always achieve that goal. Like employee of the year, good yeah. person, me. So I always try to do that as much as I can. And just remember that like everyone's had a day, you know, and then, um, you just have to like, you have to go with kindness because like you attract more back by being kind, but also as a woman, like as a, as a woman who has a deployed spouse, I'm very careful with being kind to like just random ass strangers because yeah, I'm well, like, please don't murder me. There's, there's also that like, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And there's also that, that pressure, like, you know, mm -hmm. as a man, you know, stereotypically, I would be more likely to be able to confidently walk through public, you know, cause mm -hmm. Um, in Australia, it's been highlighted. There was a comedian who did a show in, in Melbourne in late 2019, and she was walking home at sort of after a gig and stuff, raped and murdered. Um, oh my so God. This guy had followed her since the show. Um, and like there was a, a public awareness campaign, which is, you know, fucking good on them. And, you know, the, the, the stigma is there's a public awareness campaign about domestic violence as well. And, you know, for women to sort of know that it's acceptable to speak up because, you know, I, I can't speak on that behalf because I'm not a woman, of course, but, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like yourself. I'm an ally to those like LBG. Yeah. I spoke to one of my gay friends I spoke to a few weeks ago, him and Chris are some of my best friends in the world. Yeah. And they opened up about everything and I'm an ally to 
women as well. And I'm yeah. all for, and my stepsister on episode six opened up about DV and um, yeah, it's yeah, truly it's, tragic. It's so I digress. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. And I mean, like but if we're bitchy with Mitchy, we should also normalize that there are women who domestically abuse their, 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 their partners, whether they be a woman is. or a man. And um, we, you know, it's a two way street. There's also men who have been raped um you know as well so it's like it's like if we're gonna bring to light all these things let's see all sides of the coin now who's more oppressed who who's who's less likely to speak up a woman just like because when we go to when i go to the hospital in america for instance and i say i'm in pain this is a great example i had an appendectomy i told him the pain was a seven he told me it would only be a seven if you're giving birth my husband pulled him outside and he said you will not fucking speak to my wife that way yeah good on him good on him he was like he was like he was like it's clearly she's in a lot of pain she's not asking you for opiates she's just telling you what the pain level is because it's she's never experienced this pain before but like honestly it was a seven (laughs) on the flip side women's pain hold pain threshold is higher than us because we'll never we'll never bear children oh my god i mean how how many how many guys you know have been knocked out by man flu for goodness sake oh god (laughs) you're right i was just about to say that my husband got the vaccine on the ship and i messaged my my girlfriends that are uh that are are spouses and i have some male spouse friends as well that are attached to the command and i said thank god i don't have to take care of him because he's such a little whiny bitch (laughs) like i love him to death but like when he doesn't feel good he's like some people like, just don't grow up hair and like build a bridge and get over it, dude. But that's because you societally men are supposed to be masculine yeah. and put on a tough face. And so a lot of the times men won't go seek therapy. They won't. And so that's why there, there's a high, high um, violent suicide rate of men because they won't go seek help because stereotypically it's been seen as incorrect. And I think it's good that we're trying to break those stigmas these days um, to help get people the help that they need um, because it's just, it's, we're, we're trying to normalize it more. So I do, I do think that these, these issues and these things, they'll come to light in the way that they need to, but they'll also fix themselves over time as, as the new generation, because we're now having, our generation is having children and our generation was like, whoa, the nineties were fucked up. Like there's a lot of, like, this is a lot of stuff that why we don't like, uh, well, we're going to raise our children differently to have morals, to not see color, to not see color. And I say that lightly, not to not see color, like all lives matter, because if you say that all lives matter, then that's discriminating. That's basically saying like black lives don't matter. Brown lives don't matter. Trans lives don't matter. Everyone's life matters the same. So we're not going to like care about those injustices. Um, so when I say like, don't see color, I don't mean that the, because one of the most ignorant things you can say is I don't see color. What we mean is what I mean for them to not see color. It's that they've, they're raised to never see a divide. Yeah. because we, we abolished it i am um, i would i i go on the philosophy no matter what walk of life they might come from if they're a dickhead treat them like garbage but if they're nice to you be nice to them exactly so exactly. like you know if someone insults if someone from say are from a hispanic background or a african-american background or an aboriginal background from down here or whatever it might be if those guys are awesome or if those girls are lovely i'll buy them a beer every time i don't care who it is the idea mm-hmm. is like the more people you come across in your lifetime and if you're kind to them later on down the track, they'll remember you and go, Oh, hang on. I remember that time Bianca was really nice to me and she bought me a beer. Hey, you know, I, you know, I said, I know I I got you a beer. I'd seen you. Do you want, it's just small things like that. People don't forget. 
Yeah. Well, it's a small act of kindness. Like I'm a very, very giving and nurturing person. I love people. Uh, I love my friends implicitly. If you are my friend, I care about you deeply, but, uh, if you cross me and you burn a bridge with me, I am the pettiest and the most cancely bitch. If you hurt any one of my friends, you're dead to me. That is because I give, give, give. And for you to be an asshole to me, it's like, huh? Cause what, what have I ever done? you know, to yeah. you, to make you hate me. So, I mean, sometimes I'm a little bit too much of a people pleaser and I'm working on it. Shout out to my therapist, but it's, it's, um, it's one of those things. That go you full have of strain to... on it. Like I just, yeah. if someone wrongs me, I'll call them it. I don't want to say it out loud, but I'll call them a C next Tuesday because oh, you can say con. I'll say con. Yeah. Someone, that's, so that's the... why I'm a, I get on with Australians better. Cause yeah, the, the other day, free. I, the other week we're at, um, for a friend's birthday and we're at the pub. And one of my friends started, like, he had too much to drink. He started burning up at me. He said, fucking let's go, Mitch, outside. Right, I can't. I flogged oh, God. him. I flogged him. Yeah. In self-defense. And he's down yeah. on the ground. I'm like, fucking, you need to pull your head in, mate. Oh, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. And I was like, right, I can't. Get your gear. Fuck off. We're done. Don't you ever come back here again. And that was it. Ugh, toxic like, people, though, they really show them their colors. Alcohol yeah. really And some people, you just should not drink. And holy crap. Um, mm-hmm. but that's one thing I was going to bitch about, um, after you, after you were done, I was going to raise something as well. Okay. So I've got, I've got a, and so people that suffer with invisible diseases, whether it's endometriosis mm-hmm. or like I've got Crohn's or whatever. Mm-hmm. One thing that fucking pisses me off up the, to the highest order mm-hmm. is you don't look that sick. People oh, that God, make assumptions based on. People that make assumptions based on only what they see, not what they hear. You know, you got yeah. five, you got five senses for a reason, dickhead. And if you ask me something and then you act like you know better, like how would I, how arrogant would I come across to you and saying like I'd be argumentative and saying you know, you know, military life isn't like that in the US. How the fuck would I know? I'm not in the military. You're from the US. Like, and these are the kinds of people you deal with sometimes. It's just like well, oh yeah, I I think we've had a year at least Americans, but even you guys, you might've quote unquote solved COVID, but not really. We've had a year to kind of figure out like why, what we say, and we've had a year of pause. So it's like, okay, like if you didn't take this time to like be a better person and like educate yourself, whether it was black lives matter, whether it was trans lives matter, whether it was, um, you know, just, just inherent systemic racism or ableism, which is something that, um, I've learned a lot about recently. Cause I have a friend who has invisible diseases and illnesses. She's got Edner, Ed, Ed, something Daniels, which is like, it makes your joints very loose. Um, and you can be very bendy, but it can be very, very dangerous because the ligaments get loose over time. And I'm sorry to Katrina, if that is not the correct, um, thing. She also had a double hip replacement because of that. She also had a breast reduction because it was hurting her back. And she has a couple of other, um, autoimmune diseases. And my sister has an autoimmune disease and, and I have a friend that has a, a lot of them. And it's like, you don't get to tell this person that they don't feel well. Just like you didn't get to tell me that like my pain level wasn't a seven, you know, like it's, it's, it's like, why don't we just accept it and just like not assume that they're lying to get something like today. I saw a post in this Oahu spouses page. I'm getting ready to move. And so I like to read it, the popcorn, the comments, like spouses can be shady bitches. And so I'm, I'm reading it. And it was like a person saying like, Oh, Hey, like I have a dog and they're, and they're an ESA 
and a, a service animal, emotional support animal. Um, and I was wondering like how I could, I, I don't have a, a person to a doctor to sign off on it right now. Does anyone like have a suggestion? And everyone was coming for her in the comments being like, that's bad. You're like taking it away from disabled people, this, that, and the other. And it's like, you don't know if she actually needs this dog. Cause she has like such social anxiety. You don't know the reasoning. So why are you assuming? There's a reason she's got it. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's like, that's the thing. It's like, and I, I will totally agree with you. I don't think we should assume it makes an ass out of you and me. And I think we should just accept and, and like not tell people like, Oh, you don't look that sick. Um, I hate you it. Know? I am. Oh, I've yeah. got it. Mine, mine's, you know, it's a, it's a, if you're not, not familiar with Crohn's tomorrow, yeah, I'm recording an episode with another young lass who has Crohn's and um, it's an autoimmune disease that affects the stomach lining and the bowels and mm -hmm. it fucking sucks. And, you know, not to sound like a pun nerd, but it's shitty. And um, I'll, tell you I'll tell you a story that happened to me yesterday, toilet related. Are you into a bit fine. of toilet? That's fine. That's fine. So, I've um, shit my pants too many times. So, so, yeah. Oh, if I had a nickel every time I did that, I'd at least have a... <laughs> and, <laughs> you're, you're among safe people. We're good. Well, so yesterday I um I had a, I did a number two and you know, I felt pretty satisfying. I must admit it was pretty good. And then and I realized oh, I had a bit of cleanup to do. So I then got the toilet brush to proceed to clean yeah. it then i've let out a sneeze that would would blast oh, no. a hole through the wall and as i'm down <laughs> as i'm down cleaning the toilet brush snapped no so the toilet, the, it's in the toilet i started like oh man the, <laughs> the brush was like i've done my duty goodbye it's like you know the end of terminator 2 how he's like into the lava like this yeah oh, <laughs> oh no. man i'm sitting there going oh no you're kidding <laughs> fished it out with like a like yeah we've got like, rubber gloves now and you're like oh no yeah is yeah. at that point i'm like oh what a first world problem this is but how she yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. well i get like if i have too much caffeine like my 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 like because caffeine's like in a, a basically like a diuretic it's so a, yeah, for it's me it's like it's so i it, but also like there's been times like where i just like misjudge it and i'm like so the amount of times that i've like pooped my pants trying to get into my house like is is because i don't if I can't find a bathroom, like, especially in COVID, like I just, I'm not, a, I'm not embarrassed to say it. Like, it's like, I've done it and like, it happens and like, it's no big deal because like everyone poops and farts and everyone's shit their pants. And if you haven't, you're lying. So I always keep an emergency <laughs> roll in the car just in case. So I work in mining <laughs> and um, there's not always a toilet ready to go. So I'm open cut. So say if we're on the hall cycle and it's raining and you pulled up and you can't get a light vehicle, go to the toilet. I've gone under the truck, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, you're like, yep. You're like, I got to go. Bye. <laughs> if in doubt, shit it out, I say. Well, you know, better out than in. That's what they always say. I can't believe, you know, we've gone from very serious topics to share me with me your poop stories. This is great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. It's like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm very open person. And like, so I have a very like out there as you can, like, I was telling you, like, you can tell it's just like, I very extroverted and um a loud personality and people either love it like, if you've got a brash and unique personality loud personality people either love it or they hate it and um when they hate it they hate it but for the most part we, <laughs> people find it endearing and like they're like oh you're funny and you're like kooky and weird i'm like yeah uh it's because i had adhd my whole life and didn't understand why i felt the way i felt and did the things i did and so i got diagnosed in may of last year I was the last to find out that I had ADHD, With even ADHD, though I was diagnosed yep. multiple times. I tend to just deficit hyperactivity disorder. Yep, yep. 
my husband has it as well. Um, my, some of my best friends have it and they just all thought I knew and I didn't, I mean, like as a kid, my parents didn't get, put me on medication cause they didn't think they didn't want to. And it's like, I wish you would have, because I would have probably been a better student. I probably wouldn't have had to struggle as much. I probably wouldn't have been depressed in high school, probably would have been a normal person, but that's boring to be normal. So but like, what uh, is the, what yeah. is the true definition of normal? Your definition is different to mine as opposed to yeah. someone in Spain. Like it's just, normality is boring mm-hmm. and i yeah. think you said on it before you need your, your boss that started his show might have been normal but you yeah. need to have that that pizzazz that like that pep as i'll say you know i've got it yeah you can just tell and um yeah. i'm a dickhead you can you, you know it's good <laughs> yeah. no, like, well i mean whatever yeah like i mean i just like, snap i just snap the yeah. finger like that flamboyant mitch come out well that's the thing too it's like it's it's like i won't i'm i'm so past i think you learn this like once you get into your 30s is when you stop like trying to you stop trying not not necessarily you stop trying and you give up on life and you die but more like you stop you stop trying to appease people you don't keep toxicity around and you definitely at least for me i fully leaned into like who i am as a person and it's like i'd rather be myself because like that is my superpower hi buddy hello hey hi okay bye He's like, he's like, I don't want you to pet me, but I don't. And then ran away. I got a friend. Also, who's got a, he, I got a yeah. friend who's got a brand King Charles. They're adorable pets. Yeah, they are. And they're very, very needy. Um, and they're great, but he's going to have a lot of, I don't, I don't know what you want. Oh, I see. It's five twelve. He's like, I want dinner. Got you. That's very okay. specific. Do you want me to, I can let you go if you like. <laughs> Well, I like to wrap. Let's 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 wrap her up, um, so I can feed this one. Also, he can tell we're wrapping up podcast because he'll get up and he'll sit right here, so he knows my. They're smart. He's kind of like your assistant. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, you're good. <laughs> well, so, like, well, first and foremost, thank you so much for your time. With yeah. This, this um, and I'd like to keep in touch after this if we could. Oh, absolutely. You can add me on the Facebook. You can add me on Instagram. I'm, I'll send you my stuff. And yeah, I'll yeah, send so out send, some intros. Send me your stuff. I'll um, I'll put them in the bio, and this will be up. Hopefully by early next week. Yeah, absolutely. And keep, you know, doing what you're doing. It's, it was an honor. It was a privilege. It was a good conversation. I didn't know what to expect, but I'm glad I did it. Um, and I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that we can figure out our time zones. Um, oh, I'm but, so sorry about yeah, that. I'm horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> you were like emailing me and I was like, is this person like f- thinking in full sentences? But, but you were just excited about it and trying to not lock it down. And I, I mean, think, we've all been there starting podcasts. I think so. I might have some form of ADHD because I'll send it and go, fuck, I need to send more. Fuck. <laughs> that's how i text it's really annoying to people like oh well, to me it makes sense in my brain because my adhd i'm like blah blah and then this and then that and then the other and they're like holy shit like stop texting me um i'm in a chat with two adhd people and i have 16 messages because i could tell shelby was not done with her thoughts she just kept going <laughs> that's gold well but yeah thank you I, um, again I, thank you very much um and yeah i'll, I'll touch base you in a few yeah. months if you can see how that's going down in Hawaii. You're lucky, Parker, going to Hawaii. Oh, no, I know. People are like, I'm like, oh, my life sucks so much. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it is what you make it, I guess. But no, yeah. that's, so that's episode 14. Now to on to 15. And, uh, wow, I, good job. That's I, awesome. I've had some bonus episodes honor. too. So no, I appreciate your time and yes. your guidance. Yes. And yeah, if you got, yes. by all means, send your details through, put them underneath and I'll, yep. I'll chat to you soon. Thank you Absolutely. once again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Bye right. for now. Talk to you later. Bye.